Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Meaningful Media Podcast from Havas Media Group, where we explore the media that matters. At Havas, we do that through the lens of media experience. And the best way to understand that is talking to citizen consumers about the media that matters to them. We've got a very special panel today. I'm introducing Rod's special co-host, Courtney. Hello. Hello, Ben. We're, we're so pleased to have you join the pod. Courtney, you are our Global Chief of Staff here at Havas Media Group, right? I am, yes. And it's a it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm obviously a huge fan of the Meaningful Media podcast. So it's a real privilege to be your co-host today. So tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear about today. So we have two amazing moms on our panel today. We have Carla from Pennsylvania, who has two children who are ages eight and 10. And we have Kate, who is a mom to older kids, so teenagers and kids in their early 20s. And we have a pretty broad ranging conversation uh, about the media that matters to them, how they're thinking about media, how they're thinking about advertising, how they're navigating this whole world with their children who are uh, consuming media and on screens all day. So we cover a lot of territory and uh, I think it's a really illuminating conversation for us as marketers to think about uh, and hear from these real consumers. I can't wait to get into it. Thanks, Ben. And thank you, Carla and Kate for being on the Meaningful Media podcast. It's great to have you both. Hello. Hi. We're really, really excited for this conversation. I think we can all acknowledge that moms are the superheroes. They make the world go round. And we're really excited to hear from you both about the media that matters to you and how your family consumes and thinks about media. So let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves. We'd love to hear about where you're based. Tell us about your family what you do, and maybe tell us about your family's media obsession right now. Carla, let's start with you. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Courtney, for having me on the podcast. My name is Carla Perry. I live outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the United States. And um, I have two children. My son is 10 years old and in the fifth grade. And my daughter just turned eight. She's in second grade, and I live with my husband, children, and a dog and a cat, and our media obsessions, oh, there's, there's many. So <laughs> um, I would say my children love YouTube. They love watching sports clips on YouTube. For the whole family, we enjoy um, watching Netflix and Hulu and you know we got rid of cable thinking we were we were doing something great and then we got all of the other um, media outlets to to watch movies together. Yes, you are not alone in the cable cutting and then all of a sudden we have subscriptions to 12 different apps. So I think that's a very universal <laughs> thing that lots of families have. I know that's the case in my house too. Kate, tell us about yourself. So I'm um I'm a teacher. Um I teach biology um, at a school in Hemel Hempstead, just outside London. I've got three children. They're um, 22. Uh, my daughter, oldest daughter's 22. My son is 20. And my younger daughter is 15. And 
at the moment there are just three of us at home because my older daughter um, lives in Sheffield. My son's at university studying maths in Leeds. Uh, So I'm just at home with my husband and my younger daughter. And we have everything really we haven't cut cable my my husband's a huge um film fan so we watch we watch a lot of netflix we watch a lot of sky movies um we watch family tv together great British bake off is our favorite at the moment and we've got family subscriptions to spotify and that's i think probably our biggest family um shared interest we, we like sharing our our pod our um Spotify playlists and things. I love that. Yeah, I will say that in the Cherry House, the Great British Baking Show is also, I would call that appointment appointment television. It's a sort of Friday night standing thing that uh, we watch together as a family. So it's a uh, yeah, we're loving this this latest season for sure. Yeah, we love it. And we it's about the only thing we actually watch live at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. Um, tell me how media is part of your daily routine and life. Carla, why don't, why don't we start with you? I would say media is a, you know, basic component of my life. I can't get away from it. The first thing I do when I wake up is check my email, my electronic calendar to see what the day is going to look like. You're a big audio and podcast person. I am. I actually have a podcast with one of my best friends and um, our podcast is called Perimenopause OMG, and it's a kind of a take on, on my name, which is Perry. And, um, you know, I'm a 42 year old mom who, who teaches science. So we're bringing, uh, perimenopause into the world. So I, I also use media for, for that reason as well. That's, that's sort of a passion project. Um, and my, my teaching has changed too. It's evolved over the years, but now I teach in a, a format called a hybrid format. But media also is is important in my day because like you said, Kate, we're, we love listening to music. So the Spotify um, shared family account is, is really important. If I'm not listening on my um, earbuds while I'm going for a run, my husband's listening to it in the background, working from home, or my, my kids are jamming out in their rooms to, to their favorite songs as well. Hey, Kate, tell us about your, how does media fit into your daily routine? Paint that picture for us. Well, I agree with Carla, obviously, um, similar at work, and I'm on, I'm on it all the time um, f- for work. And it's, not, it's lovely to be back um, face-to-face with the kids. But I'm always having to upload stuff to Google Classroom. At home, I wake up, um, I watch, I try and leave my phone downstairs. That doesn't always happen. Um, but I reach my iPad and I check the, always check the news, um, BBC, Guardian. And then I don't know whether this is, is, is Wordle media? Yes, so I do Wordle absolutely. religiously every yes. single morning. I have stopped sharing with my friend on Facebook how we're getting on with it. <laughs> we were doing for about two months. We'd like, you know, be six six forty five, and we'd be sharing how we got on with Wordle. But we decided we we had to put a stop to that. But I do still do it every single day. Love it. And what else do I do? I use the Calm app to do meditation when when I can, and read the Guardian all the time. Usually, always online, and and podcasts. So I'll have a podcast going when I'm driving to work. So let's switch gears and talk to me about your kids. 
what are they, what types of media are they engaging with right now? My kids both absolutely love TikTok. It is um, just an obsession. I think, I mean, to be quite honest with you, Every morning I tell my kids, you know, can you please get your shoes on, get your shoes on. We're going to school. Can you get your shoes on? And, you know, my voice gets louder and louder because they're not listening to me. But if it was my face on a glowing screen and I yeah. said, get your shoes on, they would immediately listen because they, they follow the glow. We have parental controls on all of the TikTok or it's actually just one TikTok account um, that they share. But, they, you know, they think they are you know, hot stuff, doing their little recordings. And the only person that sees it is myself. Um, Another thing that they absolutely love to do, I mentioned this before, but they love to watch YouTube clips of sports and sport plays. And as, I guess, silly as that sounds, it really does help them learn the sport. So that's something that we not only allow, but we we really support them watching those kinds of, of clips. What is it about about TikTok? Because Kate, I know your kids love TikTok too. Like, what do you guys think is it about that platform that just speaks to the the Gen Z generation in a way that the other platforms don't? What do you What do you think's happening there? I think it's my my younger daughter. My older two, I think, have missed the TikTok craze, but my fifteen year old is obsessed. And she listens. She listens. Well, doesn't listen. You watch, don't you? She watches a lot. A lot of clips, lifestyle clips, and things. I think it's it's quick. You know, they they haven't maybe doesn't require big attention span. They can quickly look at look at a clip. They look at video. They can talk about it with their friends. My Gen Z stepkids are obsessed with TikTok. It is what they look for for not only sort of the latest in terms of fashion, what is happening in culture. Um, They have deep, deep sort of connections to the different creators that are on that platform. Um, And increasingly, um, Ben and I were actually talking about this the other day, increasingly Gen Z is looking to TikTok for their news. That is the first place that they're going for current events. It's almost where they're going to um, search if they want to explore a topic and learn more. That is where they're going. Whereas, you know, my my Gen Z stepkids, they use Instagram, sort of, but it is not the daily sort of driver and daily obsession that TikTok is. Those words coming out of your mouth made my heart start racing, just because I, I would assume that all of these TikTok creators are not always fact checked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is quite frankly, terrifying to me. I find it quite terrifying. And I see my students at, at school and they're, they're all hooked on TikTok. How do you, given that you have concerns about TikTok, does that feed through into brands appearing on the platform? So, you I mean, Carly, you said your heart started racing. Does it does it worry you that there are, there are brands advertising on there? Do you think brands have a responsibility or is, is that just not something that, that you think about? Personally, I hadn't thought about that. It's more what they're consuming. Yeah. No, I, I would say no. I haven't even thought about that. How do you guys feel about Facebook? I read an article 
over the weekend in the New York Times that uh, was really well written article about the metaverse and the reporter did extensive research um, and experienced the metaverse. But one of the things that stood out to me was that she reported that every time she put on her Oculus headset, her children would just start, start circling her and begging her to try the Oculus. How are you guys thinking about that? Is, is that something that your kids are asking for? And maybe tell me about how you feel about just Facebook in general. I use Facebook. I've, I've changed how I use it. I think now I don't, um, I don't post hardly ever, um, but I do use it for, um, I, f- I follow some charities that I'm involved in. I use, I use it for groups and I use it for, for work and education and science um, information, but not so much anymore as social media. I've, I've scaled right back on that and I actually have a time limit on how much I use Facebook. So, and I did have The Guardian and the BBC on Facebook, but now I have them separately. So I, I try not to, because it's just, it's hours. It can just take, well, like my daughter is with TikTok, I would be the same with Facebook, I think. Got it. And how do you feel about the metaverse? I don't know enough about it. That's fair. Nobody does. It's okay. Have you heard the what term you, metaverse? Carl? Or is that, it's just new on this podcast? I have heard of it. Carla, do you, do you know much about, no. Not really. No. I mean, I've heard, I've heard the term. Um, my children, most certainly, we don't talk about it. So no. I'm not sure that they are interested. One of those moments of kind of grounding for us in Adland. I would think yes. so, maybe. <laughs> you're, a, you're ahead very, of us. Um, Carla and I are behind the curve, Carla, aren't we? <laughs> Well, no, no I think I think you're. Um, I know you're consumer citizens, and we should be listening to you. So that's a, that. Yeah, that's an interesting bit of feedback. That's why we do the. That's why we do these that's types it. of panel episodes because we do want to get closer to understanding understanding consumers. So that's that's great. How about how are you guys navigating? letting your children on the platforms. And Carla, you mentioned that your kids have a TikTok account, but it's basically locked down and you're the only follower. How are you thinking about when they become teenagers? To be quite honest, I am terrified. Um, it's something that is just unknown. And I can't even turn to my mom and ask her how she did it with me and my brother, because it was non-existent um, when we were growing up. So it makes me concerned about platforms. And I'm not concerned necessarily with them having more screen time. I'm concerned about what they would be consuming. Um, Is a cell phone necessary? Almost for a 10-year-old. I know it sounds quite wild, but my son is going on bike rides now, and he's going to different neighborhoods. And you know, instead of me getting in my car and <laughs> going around and yelling his name, it would be quite nice to just, you know, give him a little ring and tell him to come home for dinner. Um, but along with cell phones comes applications and, and different social media platforms. And I'm not really ready for that. You know, your children are older. So what do you think? 
Oh, I completely agree. But I think for me, it would be like shutting the gate after the horse has bolted. I think that ship has, has sailed for us, really. So it's it's all about me trying to trying to have discussions with my daughter, um, my younger one. I mean, the older two manage it themselves now. They're, they're pretty good. Um, but the younger one, yeah, it's just about talking to her about, um, you know, what what she consumes, what sites, what the biases might be. But it's difficult when, you know, I'm I'm not a TikTok consumer myself, so or I, and I don't use Snapchat, so it's it's quite it's quite hard because I have no experience of it myself. And how old were your kids, your older children? How old were they when they got their own profiles on social channels and how did you navigate that? So all my, well, my eldest daughter is 22 now, but all three of them all got their first smartphone when they were going to secondary school. So that would have been when they were about 12. So I managed to hold off until they were 12 with with phones. And then 13 for WhatsApp. And I, I don't really remember, to be honest. It wasn't such an issue. There wasn't so much of it with my older children but my younger one I mean yeah she's she's had it she's had it all a while definitely but it is very difficult because obviously there's the peer pressure they they're all on um they're all on on online all the time and the whatsapp uh, we one of the issues we have is with all the whatsapp groups that were now at snapchat but how many you know making sure that she doesn't have too many friends and i've tried to help her to to sort of cut that down a bit so that she there's not too she's not involved it hasn't got all these connections that i don't know about but it's very difficult absolutely yeah i want to unpack this a little bit more because i think this is a really um it's a really timely topic and i just i would love your thoughts on like how are you thinking about online bullying, protecting your kids' mental health on on these platforms. How are you thinking about that? Is that an active conversation that's happening in your home? I mean, in car, even even your kids aren't even even on yet, but I feel like it's probably a conversation that's already starting. Is that is that correct? You're right, Courtney. Um, my kids aren't on, they don't have their own devices yet, own portable devices, I should say. Um, however, if they hear something, even if it's on a commercial, um, they absorb that information and we, my husband and I try very hard to talk to them about anything that they have a question about. For example, I, I can't speak to, um, Facebook or Pinterest or Instagram, but there's elections coming up um, now in the United States, and there's a lot of commercials with a lot of um, information about different candidates that are on during, I mean, we watch uh, Wheel of Fortune together at night sometimes, the four okay. of us, yeah. and that's on at 7.30 p.m., and those commercials are talking about big topics. So my eight-year-old the other day just turned to me and said, you're not voting for so-and-so, right? Because he's not allowing gay marriage. And we said, wow. well, yeah. And I, I, you would never think, but we said, well, no, you know, and this is why. And, you know, love is love. And we talked all about it. And then 
The next day it was about abortions. And these are heavy topics. And hopefully we're and who knows if you're doing it right. I feel like I never know if I'm doing it right. I usually err on the side of I'm doing it all wrong, but we are an open family and we tell the kids, you know, if you ever have a question, questions never will get you in trouble and we can talk about it and we can talk about both sides. And, you know, even we may not agree, but, but this is a safe space. So hopefully moving forward on different platforms, if they are getting um, information or bullied or their feelings are different, they can come and talk to us about that. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's great. Ben and I talk a lot about news literacy and how important it is to uh, from very early ages uh, bring up you know kids and consumers to have that uh, that lens that they're they're looking at what they're consuming and asking those questions. And so I think that's great right. that you guys are having those types of conversations in your house. Um, Kate, what about you? How are you navigating, you know, just the the sheer amount of information that these kids are getting exposed to and, and maybe some of the sort of mental health related concerns that come with that? Yeah, I completely agree with Carla. I mean, you, you don't know what what information they're getting. So you have to it, it does all have to be through educating them and having open discussions about online safety. And I know that all three of my children have have had issues with that and have had times when they've been very upset by content or by messages and it's you know you just hope that they they will talk to you but it you can see where it's hard for them you know they're they're in maybe in their rooms on their own and they're consuming this content maybe you know not necessarily through choice you know there might be an advert or as Carla said uh, something that you might not agree with as a family and you just hope that you can have those conversations about it. And I think there is a responsibility of educators and schools to keep that to keep that going as well and have those discussions. And, you know, we certainly at my school have a um, we have a program, um, pastoral program, and we, we do talk quite a lot about online safety and um, how to be you know, how to keep yourself safe online and what you post. And once it's out there, it's out there. But sometimes, you know, kids do learn the hard way, and and that's that's tough at as a teen as a young teenager to um you know to make a mistake and to have that come back on you. So I think it's difficult for them. I work in media, so I am on my device and consuming media all the time. And you know, I just I have those moments where I'm like, you know what, I just need to step away. You know, what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna have my Saturday. It's gonna be a screen free Saturday. I just shut that down completely. But what I've observed in my house is that my Gen Z kids, they don't have that 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 switch. They they actually cannot they cannot switch off and, and leave their devices at home. It causes this this wave of anxiety. And I, I I have a concern for, you know, this, you know, Gen Alpha and Gen Z where they really don't have that switch off mechanism. I'm sure you guys have already started to see that with your kids too. I don't think it's separate for them. It's it's part of it's part of I think it's become a part of who they are. I mean my daughter, yeah, she has her phone on her all, all the time. 
Uh, she will switch off, and they, they all do, but it's, it's definitely it's much harder for them than it is, say, for me, definitely. And like you, I'll, I'll happily, if my phone runs out of battery, I'm sometimes quite pleased. It's great, I'll read a book or do something different. So I want to explore a little bit. We've been sort of talking about, you know, safety online. We've been talking about, you know, trusted content and, you know, just helping our kids think through what they're consuming. I'd be curious to hear from you both about if you'd be willing to pay for more quality, protected, trusted content. I'm thinking like a Disney Plus, for example, versus you know, a YouTube, uh, which is, which is free. Yeah. If there is a premium channel, we have it in the Perry household. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we are willing to, to pay. Um, You know, like, like I said before, the, the, just the thought of all of this information that is not fact checked going to my children and allowing my kids to form an opinion, you know, I mean, we, we're trying to always say, look at everything with a critical eye, not everything you hear is true, but if their favorite, I don't know, are they called YouTube stars? If their favorite YouTube star tells them, you know, X plus Y equals Z, they're, they're going to, to listen to them. So yes, we are 100% um, all about paying for something that is screened, um, if it's educational, that's a that's a plus. Um, even even if it's not educational, in some sort of science or critical eye, we're for it. What about you, Kate? Yeah, same here. We we've got Disney Plus, but mainly my husband watches it. I think now, and we've got um, yeah, I'll pay for Spotify Premium. We've got Netflix, and we've we've got parental controls on Netflix, but I don't think. Um, it's quite easy to change your profile and watch somebody else and lots of educational platforms, some of which I use for work, but my, my daughter has ones for, um, for, for school that, that I pay for that help with revision. And how do you guys feel when advertising on platforms gets served to your children or brands show up uh, within the media that they're consuming? Well, I, I know, for, you know, from personal experience, I find it, I, I use a lot of YouTube clips at school when I'm teaching biology, mainly David Attenborough, but I find it quite, and it seems to be Grammarly all the time at the moment, and I find it quite annoying, but I notice my students, they just, they do tend to ignore it or just say, oh, miss, just press that, skip the ad, um, where I'm sort of scrabbling around to do that. But I, my own children, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it hasn't, yeah, I don't. I don't know about adverts really, with them. I'm sure. Um, I think my my younger daughter is is influenced because she does seem to know, you know, certainly knows what what trainers she wants next. So that must be coming from somewhere. Probably the creator that she follows on TikTok. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Carla, what about you? How do you feel when advertising gets served to your kids or brands show up in your, you know, your kids? show that they're watching or the game that they're playing? My children are, like Kate said, they just skip, 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 skip the ad until they can see the content that they want. I'm not sure that they are influenced yet, but 
um, just like Kate said, I mean, we have the, the newest um, Jordan sneakers. So I don't know how else my son would know to go out and want those. So I'm not sure we, they don't really talk much about ads or wanting specific things from seeing it on social media, but it must be coming to them from, from someplace, which is making me think, rethink, you know, <laughs> parental controls. I'm thinking exactly, think exactly the same. From? I'm thinking exactly the yeah. same now. When my daughter says, oh, I really would like such and such. It's like, yeah, where is that coming from? So now I know, I think. Exactly. So I just want to pick up really quickly on that idea because you talked about Grammarly. Yes. Could you just share like what's the last ad that you remember and and where was it? I have Grammarly comes up every single day, but I can't remember them. <laughs> and what about elsewhere? Is there is there is there an ad or something you've seen and where was it? Was it on TV or out out of home or is is Grammarly just it's just Grammarly at the moment because I suppose at home I'm not really watching content with with ads. So you just there's actually a lot of time whether the content you're watching just doesn't have ads in it because you pay for it or, or yeah. So my Guardian subscription I pay for Guardian subscription yeah. so no ads. Yeah. Interesting. And Carla, how about you? I would say the same thing. What what I'm consuming is paid and I pay (laughs) because we live in such an environment that you know quick 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 you know getting rid of the ads makes me get to my end point quicker it's not even necessarily that I you know I don't want to see the ads it's all about time and I want to get rid of those ads so I can get to my end goal because the, the thing that keeps coming across is you're so busy, your attention is so scarce because you have so much going on. So if if we wanted to talk to you, if we were a, a brand, I'm using a very advertising term. Yes. How how would I reach you, Kate? Oh, I suppose in, in podcasts. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I suppose in podcasts. Now, I could probably scrabble around to think about some ads for... Hello Fresh or something from podcasts. So podcasts. Podcasts. You can't, you can't escape us. No, um, podcasts, that's how you get me, yeah, definitely. That's how we get you. Carla, yes. how, how, how do we, uh, an interesting use of the word get there. Um, semantics <laughs> are, are important. Um, uh, what, apologies. One, no, 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 not apologies. One for us to remember uh, on the ad side. Um, Carla, how, how, do we, uh, how do we get you? I would have to agree with Kate, podcasts. I've actually been influenced by podcast ads, thinking about it now for myself. Um, <laughs> and some were great and some were flops, but, but um, they've, they have made me look up items. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say podcast ads because too, podcasts, I listen to podcasts when I'm not rushing mm. or when I can't rush, right? So I listen to them in my car I can't do anything else in my car. I can't, you know, I can't type an email. So that's sort of my time or when I'm running, it's still my time and I'm not doing anything else. So the only thing I can do is listen. So I don't skip through them. And also I think when you're listening to, so I listen to Elizabeth, how to fail with Elizabeth day quite a lot, which I think is a great podcast. So their sponsors, they, you actually hear 
the advert coming from the podcaster and I think the that yeah. that for me probably sticks more when it's when it's being told to me you know by the, by the person I'm listening to anyway I think I think that has an influence on me <laughs> why do you guys think that is why do you guys think that is is it just you have a personal really feel like you have a personal relationship with the host yes I think so of course you trust I'm, I'm... them you trust them don't you because you listen to them a lot is that is that yeah. difference from the sorry is that different from the gen the gen z's in your life finding out about the trainers from the creator is that or is that the same kind of relationship i think it's a very similar relationship probably carla the middle-aged yeah. version of that yeah way to bring this full circle but 100 percent. if i'm listening to my favorite podcaster and she's telling me that i need to buy x y and z i look it up just like my kids who are listening to their favorite tech tiktoker and saying this is what you should do they're probably going the second step and and looking up the the brand that the tiktok superstar is promoting yeah so so i guess the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree <laughs> that's great yeah no that that uh that tracks with me too i know i've been uh, mulling over a purchase of some uh, a green energy supplement that I get. Yes. Uh, you probably know it, Carla. I do. You listen to the same podcasts. Um, yeah, it's a very it's a very persuasive, and I think part of it has to do with what you touched on, Carla, which is when I'm listening to podcasts, I am, I would say, probably in my most present state. I'm usually on a walk or in my car. I'm away from email. I'm away from I'm I'm away from my laptop. So I'm in a very, very present state. And open, right? Open to receiving this type of information. Maybe and, I should. And get acti- that. you're actively Action. listening as well, aren't you? Yeah. You've tuned in deliberately. So yeah. I'm I'm visibly relieved that um that that some advertising does work and can reach you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to flip, I'd like to flip the question on its head uh, and go a different direction. How do you not want to be advertised to? So I think if I'm, um, if the algorithm gets it totally wrong and it's something that is just blatantly not for me or has, you know, the other day I was, I was um, given an advertisement about, a miracle wrinkle cream that can take away all of my wrinkles. And it showed a woman who was, you know, 85 years old and had a wonderful life and some wrinkles on her skin. And then it showed not the same person, but it claimed to be the same person. And that's when I start getting frustrated with advertising when it's just claims that are so blown out of proportion that it's, it's not only not for me, but, not scientifically based and and just you know a garbage product i think you and i have gotten targeted for that same (laughs) miracle cream kate what about you how do you not like to be advertised to i think i'd completely agree with carla actually it's anything that i find maybe a bit patronizing um where i feel i'm being sort of talked down to it's not and if it's not something i'd be vaguely interested in so i'm the same so you and if it's too repetitive, like Grammarly. So you'd actually you prefer it when the advertising's relevant, but the messaging has to be kind of respectful. Yes, yes. 
Definitely. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't need a wrinkle cream. I need a wrinkle cream, but I know that there's not one that will make me look like I'm 15 years old. So don't don't tell me that there is one. And can you remember where you saw that ad? It wasn't um, was it in a, was it in a you know magazine? Was it a sort of premium premium placement? Was it or was it just somewhere on the internet? I think it was somewhere on the internet. Maybe hmm, I can't remember. For me, it would probably be Facebook because I think that's about the main place when I'm on my, on my phone where I would get adverts. And I try and I try and shut a lot of them down, but it doesn't always work. Would you pay? Would you pay to use Facebook without ads? Yes. This conversation um, now is making me think about having the conversation with my children too about ads and how you know certain ads could could be targeting you, but perhaps the product is is not everything that the advertiser says it is or will do. So absolutely, we'll have to have a re-critical lens talk tonight. Ben and I are available to help. Ben and I are always around to help uh, help facilitate that conversation with the the public good about the advertising industry. That would be good. Yeah, absolutely. I would like to talk just one. This is a a bit of a uh, out of left field question, but just while we're on this topic, I wanted to explore with with you both is is about shopping and and specifically social commerce. And we've been talking a lot on this end about shopping within TikTok and shopping within Instagram. And there is a lot of um, technology that's been built into both of those platforms that has really made the end-to-end process from when you're maybe looking for something or getting inspired to getting a recommendation from a creator or an influencer all the way to the point of purchase. You can do all of that now within the constructs of the platform. And I'm just curious, are you guys, how are you online shopping right now? Where are you going for inspiration? Have you made a purchase on on Instagram? Talk me through that. Well, I, I caught the online shopping bug like everybody in lockdown um, yes. from sewing machines to handbags. Um, so since then, I've I've been quite careful and I've, I'm, I'm not doing as much, but I, I do use, I do, I do do a lot, quite a bit of online shopping, especially for groceries and things, but not so much, not so many random purchases anymore. Did you know that it was, you could buy stuff directly in, in some of these social platforms or is that, is that just not, not in your purview at the moment? So do you mean like Facebook and things? Yeah. So, yeah no, yeah. I, I did do a bit of clicking on, on handbags and things. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Only in lockdown. Only in lockdown. Only in and lockdown. Not, and not since. Not so much. And was that no. just because you were spending more time? Or was yes. It, yeah. Yes. Definitely. I sort of miss it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Carla? <laughs> well, I would say that online grocery shopping is a real game changer. It's a and lifeline. It's oh, a it's lifeline. Amazing. It's saving me money. You guys, like, there's no more splurge purchases. But I will say that I am, I'm definitely a click, I guess it's, I don't know if it's called clickbait, but like in an Instagram ad, if it says shop now and you click it, it's like two clicks. It has my um, debit card. 
and it comes in a few weeks. And I do that with not necessarily things I would <laughs> need, but I've done it with more ridiculous things. Like, do I need a pair of socks with my children's faces on them for Father's Day? Yes, I do. Click. <laughs> I get that. Like, That's right. It's more of those luxury, surprise like, and delight. I want to buy myself something sort of special and fun. Or kind goofy of or like a funny t-shirt that, you know, that you can personalize and four clicks and it's personalized. You know, like my, my husband doesn't need anything for Father's Day. But if I slap my kids' faces on something, it's lovely and it's funny and it's goofy. And it took me three clicks and it's done. Just, just really quick on on Instagram. You both mentioned Instagram. What about TikTok? Have you done any shopping on TikTok? And are your Gen Z shopping on TikTok? And are you aware of it? Ben, I've never been on TikTok. Oh, it's perfectly fine. How about how about other other Gen Zs in in our panel's lives? My younger daughter wouldn't wouldn't be doing that mm. yet anyway, and my older two don't use TikTok. The reason I asked. That point, that question specifically is, you, you made a really smart point, Kate, about, you know, the apple not falling far from the tree and, and just platforms evolving. I think that was Carla. <laughs> Sorry, Carla. Um, it, it was, you know, uh, yeah. um, I wonder if that's the kind of same same experience. Is TikTok just a, a different platform? Is it, you know, would, would you be comfortable with that if, you know, if, if, if your, your folks were, were shopping on there? I think so. I probably have to, you know, I might have to sort of bite the bullet and actually find out hey, a bit more listen, about it there's some great educators on tiktok doing I, brilliant work i think you'd be you could be a tiktok absolutely creator. absolutely carla absolutely. how about how about you commerce and, and shopping on tiktok on the radar or no not on my radar but the more we talk about this the, I, i'm not necessarily against it i'm just unfamiliar with it um we've learned the hard way that children can click the purchase now <laughs> button and if you have a card stored, you get a lot of things um, and lots of bills. So we also have parental controls on on that um, for that reason. But yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be against it. I'm just not familiar with it. Really, really fascinating to just to hear about your experience. And um, the, the the thing that I'm really interested in is this, and Courtney and I talk about this a lot, is this idea of kind of the shopping experience coming together with, I'm going to use very Adlan language, but the the sort of media media experience. We talk about media experience here at Havas, and kind of that's the that's the lens through we see it through which we see it. So it, feel, it feels like in the platforms those things are kind of coming together. Um, and I wonder if there's an analogy there in with the the world of sort of off offline shopping. You know, where you went to a retail destination and there was a there was a little bit about the experience. These are kind of like micro experiences in the platform where you're seeing something, buying, and you're having the joy of that moment, especially with the socks. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't know. Sorry. Um, yeah, I guess um, Courtney, over to you for the meaningful media fast five. Okay, so Carla and Kate, we end every episode of the Meaningful Media podcast with the Meaningful Media Fast Five. And these are quick fire questions, one one or two word answers. Have some fun with it. Don't overthink it. All right, Kate, I'm going to start with you. What is your Meaningful Media right now? Guardian Today in Focus podcast. Great. And what media do you start your day with? 
BBC, Guardian. All in on the Guardian. Guardian. Yeah. yeah. Where do you turn, what media do you turn to when you want to get inspired? Uh, again, I might say The Guardian again, and Desert Island Discs is my favourite. All right, this is a fun one. You can't say The Guardian no, to answer this no. one. What is your media guilty pleasure? Chesapeake Shores on Hallmark. I won't tell you why. It's rubbish, but I love it. And I um, have a lot of rubbish chiclet on my Kindle. Okay. I love that. All right. If you can have one media platform for the rest of your life, which one is it and why? Well, if I say Spotify, I can get my podcast on Spotify, can't I? So it would be that. So music, music and podcasts. I love that. I love that. All right, Carla, you're up. Okay. What is your meaningful media right now? Podcasts. Love podcasts. Is there a podcast in particular right now that you're obsessed with? Yes. I love um, Terrible. Thanks for asking. It's wonderful. It's a very good one. Very good one. What media do you start your day with? Mm, yeah. Okay. Now, let, let me say... Um, I start my day with the local news. Local news. Yeah. The local news is on in our house too. Something very, very comforting about that. Um, All right. What media do you turn to when you want to get inspired? I would actually say um, Spotify and Mm -hmm. certain playlists I have. What kinds of playlists inspire you? Well, right now is my New York city marathon training playlist. All right. What is your media guilty pleasure? Ooh, our guilty pleasure just this month is my husband and I, we like to, after dinner, after the kids are in bed, we usually like to watch a show and we are rewatching Arrested Development. So Arrested, Ben and I have talked a lot about Arrested Development and I don't want to take this pod down a Arrested Development rabbit hole. But for me, I would describe Arrested Development as like comfort media. Doesn't matter if you had a great day, a bad day, if you're stressed, if you're happy, you're sad, it plays. It does. It hits. It hits well. All right. What if you can have one media platform for the rest of your life, which one is it and why? I would also say mm, Spotify. I would say Spotify. Music is happiness for me and my family. So easy access to music and, and podcasts. I love that. I uh, I think that's a great a great note to to end on to to wrap this up. I agree. Music is happiness, um, and I know Spotify is uh, a great great resource for for that and more. So Kate and Carla, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on. Wow. Well, that was a great chat. I want to thank uh, Kate and Carla for joining the Meaningful Media podcast. Ben, I know I got a lot out of that conversation. It's just, it is always so illuminating when we take the time to really dig in with real people and real consumers and talk about why they are interested in the media that they are. What, What were some of your headline takeaways from your end? 
I mean, it was so it was so rich, and it's just so valuable to you know, talk about stuff that isn't necessarily your lived experience. So for me, you know, I took a took a lot from that. One thing that that really intrigued me was some of the concerns that we have as sort of marketeers and as media people aren't necessarily resonating with our panelists today. You know, the metaverse um, not necessarily a thing uh, for them. The other the other thing that that really caught me was this idea of kind of commerce and media experience as a similar thing within the platforms and you know how excited they were to talk about some of their experiences with social commerce and then finally yeah finally the thing that I would take away is just how busy they are and how difficult to reach right like so much going on there's so much going on I mean we always hear and we talk about and just women, you know, juggling so much in their lives. And that was very evident with these two women. I mean, they're athletes, they're educators, they are uh, raising their kids, they're being partners, you know, to their spouses, they are uh, juggling so much. And it was really clear to me that um, one of the best ways to reach them was through audio. I mean, yeah, podcast, right? pos- podcasting is that like precious time for them. Yeah. That is the time they have to themselves, whether that is on a walk or in a car or in between meetings. And, you know, that's, that is the sweet spot. Yeah. For this so I, it's like audio, the power of audio and, and, and podcast ads, especially those where the, the sort of host is, is reading them. And again, I keep coming back to this, right? Linear, linear radio, linear TV, news channels on. It's a bit more background. It's not as engaging as perhaps the the audio podcast stuff, but it's there. And the the kind of stuff they're ignoring or slightly irritated by is a you know a lot of the platform stuff, even if they are remembering the ads. So, yeah, linear, linear radio, news, and audio again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be very interested uh, to maybe check in with them in a few years down the road and see how see how their kids are see how they're doing and see how their kids are consuming media because, uh, you know, obviously that's going to continue to change. Um, but I think one thing's for certain, you know, again, no surprises, but Gen Z just loves the TikTok. I, yeah, Gen Z, TikTok, it's, you know, the number one destination. You, you talked about this on the pod, number one destination for searches now in the UK. That's where Gen Z are going to find stuff. And on, on that, I found it really interesting that although the experience of the platform TikTok wasn't shared, both of our panelists felt there was, um, you know, there was a there was a kind of there was an analogous experience. It's just the platforms were changing and aging out. Uh, so exactly. you know, they're, they're not media; they're more marketing folks, but they're aware of that change in the platforms, which you know, again, is is just fascinating. Exactly, and I will say, you know, I, I've I've an ask to our listeners, which is, you know, we've done a couple of these audience panel episodes. We we've talked to some gamers. We've now talked to moms. I'm really curious to hear from our listeners which audience group, which who should we talk to yeah, next? Drop us a line. Yeah. yeah, who do you want to hear do you from? Want to, do, come on the pod, literally. Come on the pod. We're we're super interested. So I think uh, I'll be curious to hear what our what our listeners have to say. Yep, we're at podcast at havesmg.com. You can find me at Ben on ads at Twitter. Uh, that's my Twitter handle, and you can also find us on LinkedIn. So yeah, um, let us know what you want to hear. Come on the pod. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Ben, for letting me be your co-host today. It was a lot of fun.